0: Welcome back to the Student of the Game podcast. I am your host, Tavares Ellis. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to give my podcast a listen. And out of your busy night, too. Thank you very much. All right, so for today's review on our Scary Movie Review Series, we're going to talk about the 1982 hit movie, Poltergeist. Okay, Poltergeist, once again, like I said, came out in 1982. And it's directed by Tobe Harper and written by producer Steven Spielberg. Michael Grace, and Mark Victor from a screen story by Spielberg, okay? The movie stars Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Heather O'Rourke, and Beatrice Strait, and is produced by Spielberg alongside Frank Marshall, okay? The movie is set in a California suburb. The plot focuses on a family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts that abduct their younger daughter, and the family's attempts to bring her back into the real world right yeah this movie here so i did not see this movie until i was 28 years old about 28 years old my wife she's always been a big fan of the movie i've seen parts of the movie but i I didn't see it in its entirety until i was about 28 years old okay i know i was i know it was before i was 30 and me and my wife was already married okay (laughs) and every time i would think about the movie poltergeist well i used to always say poltergeist poltergeist so, poltergeist, poltergeist, all right, tomato, tomato, Porsche, Porsche, all right, exactly, okay, but um, I always remember the little girl saying, looking in the TV saying, they're here, and then on the second one, the commercial was, they're back, and you would see this scene included, like, in a bunch of montages of, like, at different advertisements, or, different previews and stuff okay and a lot of people would do a little poke fun well they would make a joke of it like in a movie or something they're back and just like when you ever you hear the michael myers theme song for jason Voorhees, if that little girl is right there and she's in front of a tv and she's saying it in that same tone they're back it's trouble you need to run and get the hell up out of dodge okay all right yeah but anyways um i didn't see it till i was about 28 um and i felt bad because this that it took me so long to see this movie because like watching it as an when i watched it as an adult i mean it it, it was a very very good movie it's a real good movie but i feel like man had i saw this when i was a little kid i would have been a lot more scared okay like for real all right um And this movie here has something that I really don't like anyway, and it's clowns. They have this one clown where it's just sitting in the chair. And the little boy, Robbie, who's the brother, the younger brother, he is very terrified of this clown. And my question is, why does not he have have his parents get rid of it? Like, I would have got rid of the clown. Okay, I would have threw that in the trash. (laughs) Okay, so Carrie Ann, Carol Ann, you know, um... It starts off, the little girl is staring staring at the TV, and she's talking to it. She's talking to it. Now, you might ask, what's on television? Nothing. It's just the whole fuzz and stuff. She's talking to it. And the dad is sitting on the couch thinking, what's wrong with his daughter? And my question is, why no one turned the TV off? You know, like, instead of just looking at her like that, let's turn that TV off because something strange is going on right now something strange is going on and i think i would have immediately dialed ghostbusters if that happened to me okay i would have got rid of that television set for real all right um you know another scene in there we see uh then fast forward the next day or whatever you see a, uh, you see a dude you see a guy on a bike he made a beer run okay in the middle of the game okay so the dad Steven him and his friends they're watching the football game not sure who was playing looked like the Rams and Steelers I guess might have been a Super Bowl I don't know and and what happened was is that while they watching the game all of a sudden the channel kept changing to Mr. Rogers neighborhood and so I'm like Okay, he's this part of the ghost, the paranormal activity type stuff, but actually his signal is crossing with his neighbor's signal. So his neighbor, who his kids, are, they want to watch Mr. Rogers, and when they turn it on Mr. Rogers, he crosses with Stevens' um, football game. So they had a little back and forth there, and I'm like, wow, really? That's, man, that, the times are sure different. You know, there are no cell phones or any of that, no laptops. Their computers were out, but in the 80s, everybody didn't have a computer. Yeah, everybody not have a computer back then. Okay. And the little boy was, was, he climbed up this creepy looking tree. And I'm like, who would want to move in a house with a creepy tree like that? Like that tree looks like a monster. That tree literally looks like giant Groot. That's the only thing the tree the tree is not saying is I am Groot I mean it's creepy I mean Groot is cool on television I wouldn't want a tree like Groot unless it's baby Groot in my yard I would not Uh, let's see even though it took me a while to see the movie I always remembered that toy clown though in the room I mean that that thing that's creepy it's about That that clown is probably about four feet tall, about well three and a half feet tall. Like no, you don't need any toys that tall, especially a clown. That that is very scary. Um, We see Carol Ann's her 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 bird died, her pet bird Tweety Bird died. Mom ends up burying the Tweety Bird, you know, and then Carol Ann, Carol Ann, the next thing she says is after she cries after they had the little pet funeral, she said, okay, can I get another pet? And then we see her, she has a pet goldfish. (laughs) Yeah. So while they're asleep, though, they go to sleep, and once again, the little girl she turns the TV on in the morning to look at the static. All right, and I'm like, okay, maybe you need a new television set, okay, or how about just unplugging it, that thing, okay, just unplugging it. And normally, I'm the last person to want to unplug a television because I like to go to sleep with the TV on. But if it was doing all that, no, no. No, I'm going to have to get rid of that television set. All right. Um, as they were eating breakfast, um, her, little, her brothers, Robbie, his fork was bent. And I'm not just talking about a normal bend like in the front of the fork. No, it looked as if somebody took that fork and just bent it on their knee. And Robbie is looking like, OK, where did this come from? And then so he goes off to school and Carol Ann and her mom, they're at home and while the mom is getting the items up under the the kitchen counter she she gets back up and all the chairs are stacked up on the breakfast table upside down creepy 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 like what what in the world like if that if that happens in my house I'm calling ghostbusters. Whether if the ghostbusters are real or not, I'm calling the ghostbusters, okay? All right. So, later on that night, you know, the boy was still spooked out by the tree and then the tree ends up busting through the window and it grabs the boy. Then the ghost grabs Car- Carol in. And he grabbed her and he pulled her inside the closet. Okay, so the parents, they was downstairs trying to they went outside to try to help Robbie from being sucked in through another portal by the tree. True story. Okay, And but the the sister, I think her name is Dana. She's like 15 or 16 years old. I'm like, you couldn't bring your sister down with you or the mom. You cannot bring Carol Ann down with you. Because why would you want to leave her up there alone when that event is happening? Because potentially something else could happen. You got to keep your eyes on your children in those situations. And so it seems like that the thing with the tree was caused to get the parents and the oldest sister out. So that way the real threat, well, that tree was a legit threat. But that way the other real threat of the portal, you know, when in the little kid's closet, opened up and it sucked Carol Ann in. And I'm like, oh man. And so they get upstairs and they're looking for her. And there's one scene where, you know, they thought, okay, oh, she's safe. You know, there it looked like there was a sheet over her and she was sitting down. But they unveiled the sheet and it's the doggone clown, this clown again, right? And so now they're looking all through the house. They're looking for Carol Ann. They, they, and the mom was like, did she get sucked down in the pool? Because they're trying to, you know, there's a big hole that was dug out in their backyard and stuff because they're trying to get a pool installed. So he went, he, the husband went out there and she wasn't down there. So then you can hear Robbie screaming, Mommy, Mommy. And they run up there and the parents can hear a voice. But the parents are like, OK, well, thank God she's safe. They say that because they can hear a voice. But little did they know that it's coming from the television set. And she's saying, Mommy, I can't see you. Mommy, mommy. And that is so terrifying. Like, even if even before I we had kids, like, that's terrifying. Because you can can you imagine your child is being stuck in the television? Like, I'm not saying like they're on a movie or a show. No, they're in the television. They sucked up in. It has to be ghosts. Okay? Can't be anything else but ghosts. Or aliens. But ghosts. Okay? So what they do is they end up calling um once again I would have called ghostbusters but they called the next best thing they called um they this place where there's three paranormal activity investigators and these investigators they're known for little small things like for example right before Steve was getting ready to show the investigators um the kids room one of the men um he says um his name is Ryan he says well you know um yeah you know a lot of these things is not that bad matter of fact we had a situation not too long ago in London where you know there was a toy moving had no batteries and it wasn't plugged up into anything and then it moved seven feet and I got it on camera it moved seven it it moved the distance it went was seven feet it took seven hours to do that Steve is like oh really okay so he opens the door utterly utter chaos All the toys are spinning around, the bed is moving up and down, they're hearing growling and stuff, and the three paranormal investigators are looking overwhelmed, and they're like, oh my goodness, this is like not anything we have ever seen before. And at that moment, I wish they would have called Ghostbusters, but they did not call Ghostbusters. I don't think Ghostbusters was out in 82, all right? But anyways, so so they go downstairs at the breakfast table, and they talk about, okay, well... The, the the lady that's one of the, the head investigators. She says, "Well, it's not very easy." She said, "It's it's not very easy to determine if your home is haunted." And then that's when the 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 um I'm getting ready to say jar the um the coffee pot that was sitting on the table that all of a sudden it started moving all over the place on the table. And both of the invest the other two investigators they looking up under the table, saying like, "What is causing this?" you know this ha- this occurred right after she said it's very difficult to tell if some place is haunted now she did say the difference between haunted and uh and uh, poltergeist she said with a poltergeist is that that can occur for two months a couple months but she said with a haunted house that can occur for years and decades but you know the Freeland family they don't have time for that they um their daughter is stuck and they need to find their daughter before this whole poltergeist ends, right? So, they try their best to try to control the situation, but like I said, Ghostbusters can handle this situation. All right? But they was able to hear her through the TV, okay? And the mom and and at one point, the mom was able to feel Carrie Ann, Carol Ann run through her, and she caught her scent. And what happened was she was calling her out and then all of a sudden there was something that was chasing her. And whatever that was chasing Carol Ann or that went and grabbed her, it was the same ghost that was playing with the dog. That's what it felt like because at one point the dog was playing catch with an invisible person, a.k.a. a ghost. And then all of a sudden that ghost stopped playing with the dog and... All of us, and then after that, that's when we um hear that Carol Ann is saying there's somebody next to her. And they're grabbing her and, and apparently they took off running or something. And she she said and the mom says that she felt Carol Ann run through her. And I believe that she smelt the scent of her child because my children have scents. You know, I can smell their scent anywhere, you know? And it's not because they're stinky and need a bath. I mean that outdoor smell is very, very loud. They always smell like little puppy dogs. I don't think it was that smell, but Every child has their own certain type of scent that they carry. And a parent knows this all the time. All right. And after that, then a loud growl and a wind blew right through the house. I mean, it scared everybody. It went, Roar! I mean, it was louder than that. But it was kind of like the Shrek. In Shrek, where they say, give me the roar. Do the roar. Do the roar. Roar! Okay. it's a lot more wicked than that. But man, poor Robbie, man. You know, he, he said the typical stuff a little kid his age would say in this situation. He said, he said, well, if I die, could I go help find Carol Ann and help lead her back inside the home? Someone can tie a rope to me and I'll bring her in. And they explained to Robbie what they said. Well, Carol Ann, Carol Ann is not dead. So, no, you don't have It's not going to. It shouldn't have to take for you dying, and let's not talk about that and think about that. And that's a sad situation because even though siblings fight and argue all the time, you don't want anything like that happening to your sister or your brother or your cousin or your friend. Okay? No, you don't want that happening to, you, to them because you love them. Um, One of the investigators decided he was hungry so he went to go eat some chicken that was in the fridge and then one of the most disgusting scenes he bit it and then all of a sudden it turned into maggots and then he went to go look in the mirror and his face he just had these visions where his face was peeling and I'm like oh my goodness and I'm like that is disgusting and we knew it was visions because eventually he snapped out of it and then all of a sudden he sees his real face in the mirror yeah but yeah, I thought that was pretty sick. It was very one of the most gross scenes in the movie. You know, I mean, I'm cool but scary. But man, that that gross stuff—I uh, don't like that. I do not like that at all. But yeah, like this would have been a perfect time for Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know, who you gonna call? Yeah, the other guy, um, Ryan. He, he was supposed to have been paying attention to the video and to the camera, but he's listening to his music and paying attention to something else. And all of a sudden, the ghost moved the camera and changed the viewpoint of it. And then after you see the viewpoint of it, um, there was a ghost at the top of the stairs and there was a bunch of ghosts coming down. All right. And after that. The other investigator quit. The one who saw the maggots. He quit. He did not come back the next day. He was like, I've had enough of this. I can't blame him, but I mean, it's a little girl stuck in there, dude. You need to go help save that little child. All right. Steven's boss came to visit him and Steven lied and said that he has the flu. He said, "It yeah, it's been hard for me to move around and stuff like that hard. You know, I'm just physically just unable to do much. But then they go take a long walk. All right. But the boss can tell that he's lying. But the boss has a feeling. He, he thinks that Steven is trying to leave the company, which is not the case at all. So he him and Steve walk up to up a hill and this was going to he say he explains to Steve that this is going to be phase five where we're going to build more houses. Because Steve is a real is a real estate agent. He sells properties and he tells him, you know, we're going to make this big property yours. And he was like, really? And he was like, no, I'm cool with the house I'm in, because, of course, if you're Steven, you don't want to leave the house until you get your daughter out. So what happens is, is that his boss tells him, you know, he he tells his boss and then we see that the camera is now pointed to a graveyard. So all this time, the boss is pointing at this big acres of land. But it's, you know, it's a cemetery. And he says, well, what you're going to do with the grave? We can't build a house here. That'll be sacrilegious. And that's when Stephen's boss explains to him, well, we've been doing it since 1976. Majority of the houses on here. They built on, they built on, um, off a of cemetery. You know, we moved everything up five minutes down the street and they can go visit their loved ones there. And it's like, oh, that explains a lot. You know, it's, it reminds me of Pet Cemetery. Well, as a matter of fact, the boss said he said it's not like it's built on some Indian burial ground or something, right? You know, bastards. You know, they're wrong for doing that. But anyways, um, the the uh, this a uh, psychic, the psychic Tan, Tangina. She arrives at the um, she arrives at the house, and. This little lady means business, you know. She says that she explains to them that the dead are attracted to Carol Ann's life force. It implies memory, home, love, and earthly pleasures. These souls are not aware they are not dead; that they are dead. Carol Ann will help them cross over. Only hearing her mother's voice. First thing I'm thinking about: what's wrong with the dad's voice, huh? Why she can't hear a dad's voice? But whatever. But anyways, um, she says, but one thing, the beast is trying to keep her in there. Finally, so what happens is after Carol Ann wasn't responding to mom's voice, Tangina, she um, she pretty much encourages the dad to go ahead and call her out. And he was like, well, she normally listens to her mom, but she says, call her out as if you were going to spank her. And he says, I don't spank my kid. She says, yeah, but call her out as if you were going to, as if she's in trouble. She needs to hear a good stern voice from her dad. And he says, Carolyn, you better get out. You better get down here. You better say something But before I, before I spank your butt. It'll be a real spanking this time. And then it got something out of her. We heard her. She says, mommy, daddy, help me, help me. So it's like, okay, all right. We know where she's at. She's still in the house. She's not gone yet, okay? And she says, tell her to go to the light. So mom says, run to the light. The psychic said, clear your minds. You need to get your daughter. The beast knows your weaknesses and what triggers you. Clear it. What she meant by that that was, the mom and dad is so hung up of, Okay, you made us lie to our daughter. Okay, right now it's not about that. It's all about getting your daughter back, whether if you got to lie or tell the truth, okay? If you got to tell a little small lie, tell it if it means getting your child back, okay? Because the beast will feed off your weakness, all right? So they go to open the kid's room. It's empty, but the light is illuminating from the closet. Now they tell her not to go to the light. And then what they do is they get a rope, all right? And actually, there's two. There's an entryway and an exit. The entryway is through the closet, but the exit is actually from the ceiling of the living room downstairs. So what they do is they take a ball and they initial it so they can see if this theory is true. So Ryan goes downstairs up under the exit portal by the dining room. Okay, and... Stephen throws the ball through the entry portal and then the ball comes out the, out the the exit portal and Ryan says, I got it. This is my signature. I have it. So after that, so they go ahead and um, and tie Diane. They tie her up with the rope. Stephen wanted to go in, of course, but Diane made a very valid point. She says, if you're in there, who's strong enough to pull you in? Exactly. So they threw the they cast the rope out and then the entryway through the closet and then at the exit point downstairs, the other part of the rope was down there. So Diane, they tie Diane up, the mom, and she goes out there and she says, tells Carol Ann to come to the light. to Come to the light. Alright. They have her go retrieve Carol. And guess what? She she successfully did it. They successfully did it. Alright. When they came out, she went in and she grabbed her. But what well, right when the rope let me see, after they got her, she, they're at the exit downstairs, okay? And they fall down and they, are, they both are slimy and unconscious. There was a big old face of a monster. It came and it blew on Steven, but then it disintegrated and went back. So they heard um, Ryan and Steven, they pick up Carol and, and, and the mom and they take her to the bath and put them in the tub and wait for them to wake up and they finally wake up, man, man, this was such the cutest thing, man, Carol Ann, Carol Ann, um, she says, Hi, Daddy. Hi, Daddy. And it was such the cutest, it was just the cutest thing, because it's like, it's like, man, it makes me think of my kids, you know, like, they're waking up from their sleep or whatever and they're tired, hi daddy so that was just the cutest thing and then um, Tangina Tangina, she turns around and she poses in front of the camera she says this house is now clean this house is clean, like the G that she is I mean, that lady there like, she is small but I tell you what tell you what man this lady here has the swagger of a giant okay like i mean she she came in there she was all about that business man she was all about business when she came came in there to Gina. okay and i was so glad and thrilled that she helped them out and i'm like okay i'm thinking the movie is over okay that's gonna be it all right and the next day they show them, they're packing up and they're moving and getting the hell up out the house. So I'm like, all right, cool. But now with me, I wouldn't have kept anything. I wouldn't have took anything from that house. We would have to buy everything new. All that stuff can stay there. Forget it. Save save somebody else. All right. So they pack up, getting ready to move. Let me see. Um, And Diane, she now has that rogue streak in her hair where it's gray. So we, I, I thought it looked pretty cool. Makes her look like a superhero. All right. Um, Diane tries to remove the gray with the shampoo, so I thought she kinda liked it, but I guess she didn't. So, Robbie and Carol, she listens in on them, they're back in their room, Robbie and Carol in, they're back to fighting just like normal siblings do. So, Diane tells the children to tuck themselves in while she go takes a long bath and answers the phone, answer the phone if it rings. Okay, I have a problem with that because, listen, you just got your little girl back. Y'all just went through this traumatic situation. You know what I'm saying? And now you want to say you're going to go take a long bath and they tuck themselves in? No, you tuck your children in and you go take a very short bath, okay? Because we don't have time for that. Y'all need to to get up out the house. Y'all shouldn't even be in the house. But that's when I knew, all right, this movie is clearly not over, okay? It's about to be some trouble, okay? And once again, why does Robbie still have that clown? All right, so he's looking at the clown, it's freaking him out, so he musters enough, enough courage to go put his jacket over it, okay? So what happens is, Robbie closes his eyes and he hears rustling. He hears something and he opens his eyes to find out that the clown is not even in the chair. Oh my goodness, I don't like clowns. So for me, this was probably like the scariest part of the movie. I'm like, where's that clown? Who moved the clown? He looks up under his bed under the right side, nothing. He looks up under his bed on the left side, nothing. And as he gets up and he positions himself up in his bed as he's sitting up, bam! The clown is right there in his face laughing and choking him and pulls him up under the the bed. I almost knocked down my computer. Pulls him up under the bed. Like, I'm going crazy. And every time I see this part, I'm like, I'm clenching my arms like, oh, no, no, no. No, don't let that clown get you. And I've seen this movie before, but I'm still like, do not let that clown get you. And I love the energy that that kid had. He was fighting and punching that clown and kicking him and pulling the stuffing out of the clown. And I'm like, all right, man, he's not playing. All right, cause that's what I would do. You gotta fight. It's like if you're gonna get me, you're gonna work for it, clown. Literally, okay? You're gonna work for it, okay? So, mom, they show her in the room putting lotion on, not a care in the world, and then all of a sudden she hears the screams, and right when she gets ready, gets ready to go, all of a sudden one of the ghosts. They throwing her up on the ceiling and against the wall, back and forth. Then she finally, she's finally able to get out of her room. And then she goes to the door, to the kid's door, and it's electrocuting her. Okay. Now, if you want to know where Steven is at, yes, Steven went back to work to go tell his boss he can go go to hell. Now, you can call him and do that, or you can just write him a letter. Okay, but get the hell about the house, but he's still down there doing whatever. And the oldest daughter, she's gone with her boyfriend. Like, okay, I get it. Teenagers going to be teenagers, but man, your little sister, your whole family just went through a very, very traumatic thing. You need to be at home helping them pack. All right. But the mom, she finally, let me see. The mom, the mom went outside to get help. Okay, and let me see why the clown has Robbie. Carol Ann is you know the 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 closet had opened up again and it's trying to pull her back and the mom she went outside for help and it's looked like it's raining well it was raining and storming it looked like hell was coming down and she went outside screaming for help and she slips and falls in the big hole that's full of mud and stuff and all of a sudden the dead bodies from the cemetery started rising up okay they just started popping out of nowhere like like night of the living dead and um And then all of a sudden, her neighbors, I forgot her neighbor's name, but it was a husband and a wife. They come over there and they help pull her up. And then they hear the the children's screams. So she said, hey, Tim, Tim, I need your help. I need your help. And Tim, he's being the gentleman that he is, he's about to go and help. But his wife, his wife stops him from helping. She says, no, no, you don't know what's up there. Listen, I love my wife, but listen, and I listen to majority of everything she says. But guess what? Nothing was going to stop me to going up there to help children up there. Number one, I have children myself, and I would love for somebody to help my children if I'm not there and stuff, even if I am there, if I if I need help. But he just stopped and listened to his wife and his wife said, you don't know what's up there. You know, children are being harmed. Get up there. Both of y'all should be up there helping. Okay? those are children. They couldn't have been my neighbors, cause I would have been like, after this situation, I'm gonna deal with y'all for real. Like that, that's not, that's not cool. Like, how can you just sit there and not do anything, and you got babies up there screaming? You go up there and you help them, okay? But anyways, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm very Well, I'm not veering off subject, but I know what I would have did in that situation. Nuh-uh. <laughs> So as the as the mom she gets inside the house and she's at the hallway right in front of her kids' door, and then all of a sudden the hallway starts to stretch so the door looks further than it what it really is. So she started sprinting, and I'm like, there you go, that's what I would do, and that's what I know what my wife would do. She sprinted and she was able to bust through the door. But once she busts through the door, both of her kids are almost getting sucked into the to the portal, and they're holding on to dear life. And so finally you hear Something that I was that I've been waiting on the every for them to say based on all the stuff that they're going through. Please, God, help me. Like that should be like one of the top things you say from the beginning. But they finally said it. I'm not sure what their religion is, if they even believe in God. They never confirmed or denied that. But that's why I'm like. There you go. She said, please, God, help us. And then she was able to muster enough the strength. To reach out to her son's hand, and she had her son Robbie reach out to Carol, hand, Carol Ann's hand, and then by the grace of God, she was able to pull them through, and they got out the room before the portal closed up. And so they, so they go, so they run outside, and. And as they're getting ready to come outside, as they get down to the front door, Steve pulls up with him and his boss. And Steve is looking at all the flashing lights. And it's like, hey man, why are you just standing there? Your family is in there. Get your butt up and hurry up and run in there and help them. And he runs up to the front door, and then the family, they manage to get through. And what happens is, it's like the whole ground is crumbling. The house is shaking and moving and vibrating, and more are pop- dead corpse are popping up left and right all over the place. Now all the neighbors can see it. Even Steven's boss was looking at it, and he's like, oh, my goodness. And then what happens is, Steven, he gets the keys. Well, he... Everybody, they get inside their station wagon and he was trying to drive off, but he could not find his keys. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Forget them keys. Just take off running. Get the heck up out of there. But I'm glad he ended up finding his keys and driving off because all of a sudden everything across the street and down the street and other houses started feeling the effects of it, too. So they probably could have gotten hurt if they would have actually ran like I thought they was going to do. But I'm glad he kept his keys, okay? And Steve screams at his boss before he did that. He said, "You moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Why? Why?" And I'm like, "Hey, man, you can do, deal with him later, okay? Get your family out of there, Stephen. Get them out of there, okay?" But um, let me see. Um, they hey, everyone can see the lights flashing, and all the neighbors they see the house. The house starts to break down and stuff and all of a sudden the house is sucked up through a portal and all the neighbors could see it and I always wondered like man do the the people in that community still talk about that you know do they still talk about that situation because man that is terrible and I wonder if they was able to successfully sell their houses back for a decent price so they can go get something else and get their money back because it's built on a burial ground Sometimes dad is better. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> pet cemetery moment. Sorry. But anyways, um, the whole street was in chaos. The house is in crumbles and it was once again swallowed by a portal. Um, the family, they go to a holiday inn. They're exhausted. They're exhausted. They finally get there. They get in there, lay in the bed and then you see Steven open up the door and I thought something else had happened. He sets the TV outside, and normally I'm a person that's against that. Hey, my nickname is TV, and I love to watch TV. And guess what? Sitting the TV outside when it's raining, thats not cool. But in that situation, I approve that message. I approve it for real. But yeah, but this movie here, man, is—it's a very good movie. And you know, I seen Paranormal Activity before I seen this movie, so. Looking at it, I see a lot of things that Paranormal Activity, they used a lot of scenes and certain, a lot of aspects from Paranormal Activity is drawn and based from this movie here, which, hey, nothing wrong with that, okay, greatness copy greatness, okay, that's what you try to do, you mimic greatness, and this movie here is, it, It I think, um in the, as far as, uh, it's, it, it made the top 100 horror movies, I think it made like number 82, and like man I really wish I would have saw this movie as a kid because it probably would have terrified me even more okay but this movie here Poltergeist Poltergeist it's an awesome movie Um, there's two other sequels there's a part 2 and a part 3 and they did a remake back in 2015 um, I saw the remake the remake was pretty good but the original to me is is a lot scarier even though the remake had um, better graphics and CGI but telling the good the telling of a good story the flow of it you just can't top that no matter what era you in okay it's like it ages like fine wine it's timeless okay and this movie here like I recommend everybody who has not seen it see watch it and if you hadn't and if you watched it before hey go ahead watch it again this movie here like I have now since I've seen it when I was 28 years old I've seen this movie about three or four times since then because see the thing about it is once we got inside once I became 30 we start having kids, so you can't watch too many scary movies over and over, especially if you've seen them before, because you don't want your kids watching that until they get much older, okay? But that's going to wrap up this part of our scary movie review. Once again, thank you all for listening, and I really enjoyed doing this, okay? um, We got some more movies coming up your way, and... I think, um, let me see, I'm working on Candyman right now, so we're going to have Candyman hopefully out by this evening or by tomorrow morning, all right? I'm not going to promise you anything, but we'll see, all right? But once again, thank you all for listening. Student at the Game Podcast. Peace out, and please feel free to hit that like and subscribe button. Peace.